0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with
1: Viator. Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Emma Holmes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. All right! Dude, it feels good to be back!
2: Arrowhead Pride Radio, 610 Sports Radio. Pete Sweeney, chief editor of Arrowhead Pride. Dusty Likens with you. Isaac as well. Make sure to download the Odyssey app. You can get this if you miss it. Or if you've got 15 minutes and then you're home and you're like, man, I really like what those guys were talking about. Then you can go finish it up on your, uh, you know, little patio session or your little cleanup session. Do the dishes!
3: Either way, Pete Sweeney, how you doing this evening? You're already thinking about the patio? We're one minute into this. Dude, we got hit with a 50-degree day. You going out there
2: tonight? No, 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 no. I actually took all the furniture inside. I've seen on social media mm-hmm. that it's dusty walking season again, dude. Brisk, cold walking season. Yeah. Got to wear the thermals. Mm. It's nice. Where's uh, where's the peat walking in the winter season <laughs> yet, huh? I r- I hit the treadmill. Yeah, been running. You look like you're growing more chest hair. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. You don't have to pet yourself. By the way, that's what he's doing. He's, he's petting his chest right now.
3: Because he's ready, man. He's I always say, if you bring the bacon and the tomato, I'll bring the lettuce. <clears throat> Who brings the
2: bread? And what kind? Okay. I'm a sourdough guy. I don't know. Or a ciabatta.
3: Uh, how was your holiday, by the way, Thanksgiving? Good. Yeah. It was nice. That's yeah. turkey. Okay. Ham. Oh, you went dub meats. And there was even prime rib at the Thanksgiving I went to.
2: Jeez. Where do you, you live in Mission Hills? No, Golly, no. ham, no big no. deal. Turkey, no big deal.
3: And we had some roast beef. This was my girlfriend's family, so.
2: Oh. All kinds of meats. If I can give you any advice, if they have three meats on Thanksgiving, propose now. <laughs> <laughs> you like the triple meat Thanksgiving? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, yeah. first Super Bowl, won it. Greatness. Yeah. What could go wrong with you? Sure. Uh, don't forget, we get into uh, Pete's Mailbag a little bit later on. 913 586 Seven 6, 10. If you've got a question for Pete, uh, let us know. We will not, we will not answer any questions of are the Chiefs moving. Uh, you can listen to Fesco in the morning for that uh, groundbreaking uh, snippet that came out earlier today. So make sure you listen to Fesco in the morning and Josh Klingler and uh, and company. They'll be on at five fifty eight, and Nate Taylor. Uh, he'll be on at eight twenty five. But if you have any questions regarding this Chiefs offense, defense, Nick Bolton, who was a name that got brought up today, praise God, and maybe the Packers and Lambeau Field, we'll get into that. Yeah, nine one three five eight six seven six ten around six forty five. Ron Cobb Jr., uh, lead film analyst over there at Arrowhead Pride, will join us at six fifteen. But uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room that was, uh, that, was that game last week against the Raiders. Rasheed Rice, man, look great, right? I mean, was it there all year? Because I, I I did Cody and gold on Wednesday and I, I opened with two questions yeah. or Monday. I'm sorry, Monday. And the two questions I had, and I ho- i I wonder if you can answer these is, is it stubbornness on the coaching staff for a young receiver in Rasheed rice? Or was it finally, they saw something they were like, all right, we can turn him loose because it's kind of been glimpses or there's been glimpses of this sort of athleticism. And then we got a full dose of it. 10 targets, eight catches, 107 yards and a touchdown floor yours
3: yeah I think the vibe that I get when receivers come into the Chiefs locker room is there is an adjustment period to playing with Patrick Mahomes you know you go back to the McCole Hardman rookie season for example mm-hmm. a training camp where kind of turned into a joke but it has been a theme ever since where Mahomes wants you to keep running and when opposing defensive coordinators are Preparing for Patrick Mahomes, there's the first play, there's the play after the play, and then sometimes it can be even three plays after the play where he's making things happen and the receivers need to keep running for him downfield so that he can hit them in open space. And Andy Reid has described it starting this week as Patrick friendly, which is kind of a new thing for him. He, he came up with it on his own when he was asked about Rasheed Rice. And he said that essentially Travis Kelsey has been Patrick friendly, For Mm -hmm. years now, and this was the first significant step where you can really see that Rasheed Rice has entered that Patrick-friendly zone where teams are playing soft zones, Mm -hmm. one guy on them, go find some open space and know where Mahomes wants you to be. And look, if you're a rookie in the NFL, that's not going to happen in weeks one to four. Probably isn't even going to happen in weeks four to eight. So now you're entering the last third of the season, the third quarter into the last third, whatever you want to call it. And it seems like Rasheed Rice has finally found a place where he feels comfortable being where Mahomes wants him to be. Mm -hmm. And he also happens to have some ball skills, and he's also really good yards after the catch. And all of that culminated into flash, 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 flash. Finally, here's your high-target 100-yard game. And the beauty of that is they also integrated Isaiah Pacheco. When you have two extra weapons that you can integrate, it opens things up for somebody who has been probably having a slower year, a lesser number year to his standards in Travis Kelsey. This is the Chiefs offense. And look, it's not going to be as explosive as previous offenses, but I think in the frame of this, this can be enough for you to win a championship, especially with how good the defense is.
2: You kind of mentioned Pacheco. I think there's a lot of people that kind of get lost in, I don't know, lost in time. Like you don't really need a running back in this offense to have a hundred yards, like 23 carries for 106 and you know, a touchdown. That's not what this offense is based upon, right? This isn't like your Indianapolis Colts with a healthy Jonathan Taylor's there. I think what's more productive with Isaiah Pacheco, maybe you can agree on this, that to me, that was, I personally believe the best I've ever seen Isaiah Pacheco. Look, uh, Mm -hmm. five catches, I think for 34 yards, he had, I think 15 for 55, somewhere around there almost 100 all-purpose yards, got in the end zone twice. Like, he just seems like, and and also to to back that up, like, it, it seemed yeah. that they finally trusted him on third and one to just be that dump truck that just, pl- like, he just, he, it's almost as effective. Like, I'd love to see 100 uh, brotherly shoves and 100 Isaiah Pacheco third and one runs and see what the percentage is.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that, they need to just lean into Pacheco. And, yes. And you know, I, I just said this with, with dot on, on the drive, and I'll repeat it here. I, I just think that looking at how he's grown in the pass game, looking at how he's grown with pass protection, and just watching him with his patience and his vision and hitting the gap, I think he has a ceiling of being one of the best backs in the NFL. I think when he has the ball in his hands, uh, you don't know what can happen. He's an angry runner. He runs in a, in a style that is not really repeated anywhere else in the NFL. And I think the Chiefs have maybe started to realize, like, we have Travis Kelsey. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe Isaiah Pacheco is our second best option here. And that's going to require you to change a little bit of your identity, run the football a little bit more, do these short passes, get it, in, get it to him uh, in the flats, maybe in the screen game, and, and watch what he can do. And then maybe Rasheed can be your three, or maybe it's interchangeable. Maybe one game Rasheed Rice is your two and Pacheco is your three. But these two guys need to be involved that this offense is going to have success. And I think this is something that I called it a breakthrough. I, I think this was a breakthrough, and we'll be able to determine whether or not it was a breakthrough by how the offense looks on on Sunday night uh, against a Packers team that's, that's finally playing well.
1: It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs.
2: <laughs> injury report came out today. A uh, familiar name. Jarek McKinnon was on there. I believe there was a Nick Bolton name that got dropped. I know a lot of people have been pining to know when is he coming back?
3: Uh, so right. Pete,
2: the injury report came out today. Uh, your Chiefs injury report. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. Jarek McKinnon was held out again. Remember, he missed uh, Friday's workout um, and then was spotted in Philadelphia. At Big Charlie's watching the game with some, some mm. fans. Some of us think that he could have been getting his groin checked out by a specialist in Philadelphia. Nice. Remains to be seen. Didn't see him at practice today. I think that's one to monitor. And this is relevant because, yeah, it's just a contributor. But McKinnon is a almost like a secret weapon that the Chiefs like to turn to at, toward the end of the year. We're entering close to the end of the year. So we'll see what ends up happening with Jarek McKinnon
2: real quick. So that means we're going to see a lot more of Clyde on third down then.
3: Yeah. Uh, your favorite player that you said <laughs> off there, you said you love Clyde yeah. and you love, love his touches. Heck yeah. LSU. That's right. Uh, Kadarius Tony was back to a full practice, which uh, was interesting because on Saturday he was ruled out because of a hip injury Andy Reid said he didn't think that Tony could take a hit. So on the mend, always a mystery mystery with uh, Mr. Tony, Nick Bolton, as you mentioned, he is still on injured reserve. So Mm -hmm. he is not back on the active roster. He was a limited participant in practice today. All this means right now is essentially nothing for Sunday. All it means is that Bolton can practice for the next 21 days. Doesn't necessarily mean he'll play this week against Packers. Doesn't even necessarily mean he'll play next week. Mm -hmm. So it could be a three-week process. Typically what the Chiefs like to do with this is – get the guy a practice week under his belt, and they come back the next week. So I think it's more likely next week for Bolton, but good to see him back on the field. He had one of those clubs. You go to I air- knew it was coming, man. Yeah. I'm trying to tell people. The, the cl- Glarb. The club is <laughs> is out at Arrowhead. You can see it if you want to. Our Aaron Ladd, who does some stuff over here at 610, mm-hmm. certainly at Arrowhead Pride, KSHB. It's on his Twitter, uh, or X, whatever you want to call it right now. Mm-hmm. Video, Nice video of the club. But yeah, pretty soon I think we'll see Nick Bolton. So he can use that
2: too as like a punchy mechanism to get the football
3: out—clothesline from hell type of deal. I think could Uh, some interesting DNPs did not practices for the Packers. Basically, all their scariest weapons: AJ Dillon, no practice; Aaron Jones, no practice; Jaden Reed, no practice. Sounds like it might be more serious for Aaron Jones than they first let on. I I think they hope to get AJ Dillon going for this game. Jaden Reed has been a dog for them, so. That is something to monitor. Jair Alexander, Alexander cornerback, limited did all his work inside today for the Packers. So a couple big injuries on that side. Uh, if you watched football on Thanksgiving, the injuries didn't matter. They smacked up the Detroit Lions who beat the Chiefs. So I certainly don't think the Chiefs should be looking past the Packers in in this game, regardless of any kind of injuries. But that's your injury report on the Chiefs side. Once again, we'll be monitoring Jarek McKinnon and Nick Bolton. Thank you, Peter.
2: Yeah, Um, be here all night.
3: Yeah, well, not that, all night. You'll be here until
2: Alex Gold kicks you out because that's his seat. And that betting show will be coming up at 7 o'clock here on 610 Sports Radio. Isaac, Pete Sweeney, I'm Dusty Likens. Up on the other side, lead film analyst Ron Kopp Jr. will break down what he saw and what we think we're going to see when this game gets played at Lambeau on Sunday Night Football this week. Sarah Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio.
1: You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. I don't wanna know your name,
2: don't forget don't at the, end, the, the end of the show tonight, you can ask Pete anything in Pete's mailbag, AP mailbag, or the editor-in-chief mailbag, 913-586-7610. If you have any questions regarding the Chiefs-Packers game or this new offense or what you think Rasheed Rice's ceiling could be, it's all up to you. I don't know what questions you want to ask, but 913-586-7610. You ready to get Mr. Cop on the phone? All right, let's do it. Okay. There you go. Ronnie Ron, how you doing tonight, my guy?
0: Yes, sir. Love that. Love, love the, love the, the, the setup right there. Mm. Uh, How we doing,
3: fellas? Ronnie Ron,
0: Ronnie Ron,
2: Mm. Ronnie Ron, Cop Jay,
3: baby. That's how he
2: goes. Yeah, they had that back in the day. Copper Mm. Chopper, Copper Chopper. Let's get to the chopper, man. Uh, (laughs) Good Thanksgiving. Good holiday break there.
0: Oh, absolutely, dude! Uh, you know, good football weekend, good food. I'm still eating some of the leftovers. That's the best part. I'll eat them. You know, I'll. I'll I never get tired of Thanksgiving food. So it's it's the go holiday. I think I said that last week when I was on. So just wanna just wanna re reestablish that. Thanksgiving's the go.
2: I feel like if you've got any leftovers at this point, Ron, you need to throw those out. You're about seven days close to going full. You got to get rid. That's of
0: true. It. We're a war Wednesday now. That's true. That's true. Hey, the, the week's get away. The, the week gets away, Dusty. You no, it's, it's, know, it's getting it. late.
2: I know. I, I totally feel you. Uh, hey, so let's uh, I, I started Pete off with uh, she Rice. I'm not going to do that with you. What is it about Trent McDuffie? And why does he continue to solidify himself in the top three quarterback rankings? Because he does everything. It seems so well everywhere on the field.
0: No, that's exactly what it is. Cause I think when the chiefs drafted him, we all got excited about them going up and getting this blue chip corner. Cause he was a coverage dude. This dude's going to be sticky. He's not going to let, you know, these shifty receivers get past him. You know, he's going to be one of those guys that can really lock up a number one receiver. And honestly, he doesn't have to do that yet, um, even though I do think he has the capabilities to do that to an extent. Um, But I I think the thing is, is I'm amazed with how well he's able to play from that slot position and kind of be what Legarius Sneed was for this team at times in the past. And even a guy like Tyron Matthew, when he played in the slot, you know, back in the 2019 defense. That's kind of how he affects the game run in the run game as a or two. He is just so, uh, he's ex- so explosive downhill. He really gets into the backfield quickly and just really gets on the quarterback quickly. But even when he is, you know, taking on receivers, as blo- uh, you know, uh, you know, and, as blockers, excuse me, and, and, and taking on runs to the outside, man. I mean, I just, I was not expecting him to be so good at all that. You know, that's something that I was worried coming into this year that maybe you know, using Snead too much on the outside, they would they would lose a little bit of Snead's playmaking in the slot, but I think McDuffie has given them everything they could ask for uh, from that slot position, and so I, I think it's it's been amazing how, you know, it's something that you didn't really maybe expect from him as a first-round pick, so it, it, he might have even have a higher ceiling than even anyone thought when he got, when first got picked.
3: Talking with Ron Kopp, our lead analyst at ArrowheadPride.com, are you comfortable with the Chiefs' offense at this point, Ron? I, I know that Rasheed had – the big breakout game, do you think that the Chiefs have enough to go on a, a deep championship run now here, or do you still need a little bit more evidence?
0: Well, no, I, I definitely need a little more time. I think something I've been predicting uh, on on the podcast and, and pretty much everywhere uh, you know, I, 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 I talk about the Chiefs is, you know, they're going to go on a run uh, in the regular season to, to end the season, right? I mean, the schedule just opens up to a point where, you know, they can run the table. And and, and honestly, I think still some of the same concerns that we've seen in the Eagles' loss, in some of these games where they've had these rough moments, those could still be present, and they could still win all these games. I I really feel like, you know, it's something that, you know, I definitely need to see more. Um, You know, this game was definitely encouraging to get Rice the double-digit targets. I think one thing I may have talked about with y'all before is, like, if Justin Watson's getting the double-digit targets, no matter how good you think he is, like, that's just not how an NFL offense should operate. Like, he's not that kind of player. Everyone knows that, and he would even tell you that. He knows he shouldn't be getting – 11 targets in a game. Rasheed Rice is someone that, with his ability to take, quick, uh, you know, quick passes and, and, and gain yak, but also we saw in this last game him make a move off the line of scrimmage to get down the sideline and with great timing with Mahomes, make a great pa- great catch toe tap. I mean, that was really encouraging because I think we've all, we all know how, you know, mistimed and, and miscued the deep passing game can be. The downfield passing game has been with receivers, and if they're going to get Rice kind of going in that way, I think that does, help your offense and, and, and help, you know, the, the elevation of it. But to me, I still need to see more. I still need to see, you know, the other guys kind of step up to an extent because we still didn't see enough from, from the surrounding receivers.
2: I'm going to keep it on the defensive side. One thing that's really been nice to see, uh, the absence of Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil has kind of stepped up, maybe having a career year. I know he leads the team in tackles, but it seems that everybody's kind of playing off of each other, which I think is why this unit, this defensive unit might be top notch in the game of all units. I know that you might take San Francisco's offense, or you might take, you know, I don't know. You might take Miami's offense over that, but it seems like the way the D lines playing together, the the linebacking core is, is Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil and Leo Chanel. Who's just been, you know, out of nowhere. He'll make a couple of plays in a game. You're like, Oh, it's 54. I can go through the safeties. We've already talked about the corners. Do you believe that this is a top three, top two unit of all sort of offense, defense, special teams in the NFL right now?
0: Dude. I mean, you can make the argument with, with exactly what you're saying in that, if you just isolated each of the three levels of the defense, you could make the argument that each level is one of the best in the NFL, you know, themselves, right? The pass rush is one of the best in the NFL. The linebacker unit is one of the best in the NFL. And the secondary, the way they're playing in coverage as a whole, is absolutely one of the best in the NFL. So, I mean, you put that all together, I I, I definitely think you're onto something. And then you put on top of all that, our midseason MVP at AP, shout out Pete, Steve Spagnuolo just in his bag. I mean, I, you know, one thing I will say about this last game is, he was throwing the bag at Aiden O'Connell, and, and O'Connell was doing a very good job of, of, of kind of throwing out of it, you know, being quick in his, you know, decisions and kind of beating the blitz. But he kind of just kept it coming, he, and he honestly turned it up a little bit. If you see in the second half, some of his rush packages, dudes moving all around at the last second, guys lining up right ne- right behind each other. I mean, Spags is really the one, you know, utilizing all this talent that the Chiefs, you know, front office has stacked, you know, in, in the draft these past three years. Uh, you know, all the way back to when, you know, it was, it was, you know, Willie Gay, Jerry Steve, Mike Dana in that draft. But, yeah, it, it all comes down to Spags, you know, being in his bag and and throwing it all out there. And I think that's what, you know, that's why they are one of the best units. It's not only the talent at each level, but, yeah, I mean, it, you may not have a better defensive coordinator in the NFL than you got in Spags right now.
3: Let's start at the Sunday night and end here. As you take your initial look at these Green Bay Packers playing well recently, what jumps out to you?
0: It's the offense. I mean, Jordan Love has honestly started to play well. I know that's kind of been asked of all all the Chiefs players. They're all kind of looking at him, but I mean, it's true, man. They're averaging about 390 total yards the last four games. They beat Detroit soundly. They comfortably beat them in Detroit, you know, over Thanksgiving. That was a, a game where the offense just had control. They've had over 100 rushing yards in each of those four games, too, so it's a balanced attack. And, yeah, Jordan Love is just a guy that, it, you know, if, if you're going to, you know, play ahead of the sticks and, and not put in in pass situations, he's going to be able to execute. But I do think you're going to see Spags. We just talked about it. They're going to step up. I think the Packers haven't really played the Chiefs, a defense like this. They've been they've been playing some soft defenses the last couple of weeks. I think you're going to see the Chiefs defense really step up and, and make life, uh, you know, hard on Jordan, Jordan Love this weekend. So I, I can expect maybe the offense to be not as hot as they've been uh, for in Green Bay. Ron,
2: what do you got coming up the rest of the week as you get ready for the Lambeau matchup on Sunday night at
0: 7-20? Well, you know, speaking of the defense, I, I, you know, I'm praising them. I, 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 do, I did look at some, some soft spots that they showed in this Raiders game, right? We saw them give up that Josh Jacobs touchdown, that, you know, those, those opening drives. So I do think there's some, some things you can learn about the Chiefs defense from this week that they can learn about themselves too. I wrote that up for the site. That'll be out. Besides that, just five things to watch ahead of the Packers game. Uh, just look forward to ArrowheadPride.com.
2: All right, Ron. You have a great night. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week after the Packers game. Yes, sir. Appreciate you all. You bet. There. All right. He got a little bit longer this time. He got a little bit, a little bit longer this time. We'll see him later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Smell you later is your uh, is your sign off key there? Like <laughs> CM Punk. Uh, give the guy a live microphone. You never know what's going to happen, but you can ask Pete whatever you'd like at the end of the show. Nine one three five eight six. 7, 6, 10 on the other side. We're done with last week. We move on to green Bay. It's Patrick Mahomes. First time in Lambeau. It's Sunday night. It's another primetime game. Are the green Bay Packers starting to figure it out or like Ron Cobb said, they'll face a defense. They've yet to face this season. Pete Sweeney, Isaac with you. Dusty Likens, the 610 sports radio. You're listening to Arrowhead pride.
1: You're listening to Arrowhead pride radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas city chiefs, 610 sports radio. Tell
2: him. I think this is the P. Diddy Notorious B.I.G. version, though. And Mace. We'll Um, uh, Who's hot? Who's that? Uh, anyways. There you go. Coming up at seven, Alex school gets you that betting show. I'm sure that'll be an interesting one. He seems hot right now. He's just out there just thumbing it on the phone. Oh, no. I mean, just hard. He's out there? I don't know. He looks like uh, Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty trying to answer everybody's prayers.
3: My big problem with the change of the name to X is. Mm-hmm now it's posting. It's just not. Repost. Twitter. Twitter made a verb. You going to get rid of it? I can't. Yeah. Well, you can't. Well, yeah. The thing I would like to get rid of. Your blue check mark. Well, that's already gone. Mm. They took that away from me. I hate to see it. The thing that I would like to get rid of is Facebook. But can't Facebook, do that. Facebook does this thing where you. Can't do that. You have to have a personal account to have a business account. Mm-hmm. They trapped you. Because nope. I have to run the Arrowhead Pride.
2: Zuckerberg. I got Zucked. Yep. You got meta, bro. Mm. Your
3: your grandmas will be mad too if you delete that Facebook well, account as well. They're they're watching from above. Moms, so. dads. Yeah, man. they don't have Facebook in heaven.
1: Mm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean I'm just gonna throw that <laughs> out there. Yeah,
3: yeah. They are yeah. Facebook.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day they will. Yeah. When Zuck gets up there, he's going like, God, I got this idea. No. Uh anyways, let's <laughs> track. Go back down. <laughs> yeah. How'd you get in? Oh, I'm in my meta Anyways, um, coming up uh at the end of this segment, we'll do your question, your mailbag for Pete Sweeney, 913 But let's move on to Green Bay. Kind of interesting. This is Mahomes' first time ever in Lambo. Is there anything to that? Like, is there any sort of like I know he's and I I, I mean this seriously. Uh, I know he's not a guy where the moment gets too bright or too big, but this is one of those, like if you're a quarterback going into Kansas city, like there's right. your first time in Arrowhead in front of that rambunctious, rowdy, awesome crowd. You kind of feel that like you get on the field and you see like, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: some people get nuts. You go to Lambo, man, you uh, you know, you got temperature drop, right. you've got a chance of snow in this game. First time in Lambeau. I mean, obviously we could see, you know, for all we know, 350 yards, four touchdowns and a, I'm here.
3: Yeah, I I think that you need an established quarterback for that, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it feels a little different now that it's Jordan Love. I think there is a little bit to that when you have an established program. They're not as young as these current Packers. And over the years, not only do you have to go into that environment, but you're playing – pretty established players. Now it's the same head coach. I'm, I'm a big Matt LaFleur guy. I like LaFleur. Mm. Uh, and I, I think he's well-respected. I, I think he puts his guys in really good positions and it's budding, uh, but not for me this time, maybe the next time the chiefs head to Arrowhead, it doesn't happen or uh, the chiefs head to Lambeau. It doesn't happen a lot. So, uh, we'll the next, we'll see what happens Sunday night, but the next time they go, you know, if Jordan love is still there, then I think maybe you'll have a little bit of that.
2: um, I watched that Thanksgiving game against the Lions. Tough watch. There were, yeah, there were things that were kind of noticeable on both sides. Detroit was, I think, 0 for 4 or 1 for 4 on fourth down conversions. They also had a slew of turnovers. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the game, I don't know, was it Greg Olson, I think, that did that game? He said it seemed like the Green Bay Packers were starting to figure it out. Uh, Jordan love. I thought was fantastic in that game. I thought he had a a, a good game for what they wanted to see out of, out of Jay love. And it's weird because now you've got to play the chiefs defense, which I think we're all at the point in week 13 of the season where you're not worried about any offense, right? Not one wide receiver. One is at a hundred yards against you. Unless you want to say that Christian Kirk's wide receiver one in, in Jacksonville, which we can have that discussion if you want later on. But It's one of these games where you've got to think, and maybe I'm way too over my head here, Mm -hmm. where it's Jordan Love, it's, you know, Romeo Dobbs, the running backs are a mess. This seems like a slam dunk victory for the Chiefs defense. Am I wrong?
3: I think when you're playing a younger quarterback, this defense finds ways to really rattle you. And Aiden O'Connell did a good job at the beginning of last game and managed it, and if you saw it, it was a lot of quick passing and getting it out of his hands fast. Mm -hmm. And I I tend to think that'll be a similar strategy with with Jordan Love, but still early in his career. I Mm -hmm. mean, he's still having the initial starts of of his career, and he's just showing progress now. I just tend to think that – Spaggs is going to be able to confuse, um, you know, if he, if he's able to confuse mm. veteran quarterbacks, uh, he, he'll be able to put up some schemes, some um, blitzes coming from everywhere, different angles, defensive backs, linebackers, wherever, where, you know, you get home early, younger mm. quarterbacks tend to coil a little bit. And so, I don't know. I feel pretty confident about this game. I do think it is an up-and-coming Packers team, but it's just they're not there yet to ready to beat the Chiefs, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Um, speaking of this game, is it copy and paste? I mean, I know Andy Reid's not that simplistic when it comes to just doing the same stuff because I know there's no. video out, and you say you like yeah. you like uh, Matt Lafleur, uh, you like him a lot. Um, you got to think they're gonna be like, all right, number four. Because before we get into that, whenever I watched that third down touchdown on the fourth quarter for She Rice's play, right, the thing that took me out of out of out of my chair was not the fact that it was a touchdown and and there's bets being placed, but the fact it looked like it looked like Vegas didn't know that he was that sort of man because they kind of went after him and tried to tackle him, like, oh, who's this? And he just kind of ripped away, came back inside and scored as if they were surprised by elusiveness, speed, strength, vision. Um, obviously that's now on video, but do you see the same sort of incorporated offense? Like 10 targets, maybe not, but like seven to nine.
3: uh, Maybe I'm crazy, man. I, I just think Isaiah Pacheco is still hiding in plain sight in a lot of ways. I really think he's one of the more talented players in the NFL period. It's just, he's not always featured in this offense. Mm -hmm. And you kind of understand that too, right? Like this is Patrick Mahomes This is the best quarterback ever through seven years, whatever you want to say. But I think when you have a game like last game, and I I understand that the rushing yardage wasn't necessarily there, but one of the points Andy Reid made after the game, like those were some of the more violent 55 yards that I've ever seen. And I yeah. I think they've realized that they need to get him involved if this offense is going to tick. And, you know, I, I do – it's not going to look exactly the same, but I do think they are now understanding they need to make a point of it to get it into Pacheco's hands, number 10, and they need to get it into number four's hands, Rasheed Rice. And that'll open things up for Kelsey, which opens things up for everybody.
2: So let's – I'm not trying to do player comps here, but do you see Pacheco being used in the future? You say he's still in, like hiding in, bla- in, in plain sight. Do you see them using him like San Francisco uses Christian McCaffrey, or do you see them using him like he's Kareem Hunt in that rookie year where Kareem Hunt was that yeah. sort of versatile back, also a downhill runner?
3: I think as his passing game grows, and I believe he had five catches this past week, uh, more Kareem Hunt. Uh, Christian McCaffrey seems like he's like one of one where, you know, he's to run in his style and it works for him and it's almost unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I, I see, remember that initial year of Kareem where he just was uh, a guy you get, you get into hand, his hands with any bit of space. It's usually a first down mm-hmm. and uh, can do it in the past game, can run the ball hard on the ground. I think when they initially drafted Pacheco, they saw a little bit of Kareem Hunt in him. And I think you're really starting to see that now. Remember, um, you know, and this is obvious, but Pacheco was not an early round pick. I mean, he was a seventh round pick. So that naturally is going to come with more development. And now that you're seeing him develop, I think you're seeing what he can do uh, as he starts to hit. What is, you know, and running backs kind of skew a little bit earlier. It's going to be like this prime running back years here. And, such a weapon, and the Chiefs can't ignore it. They need to get him involved early.
2: You had mentioned uh Jair Alexander on the injury report this week, obviously a solid option at a corner. Um Packers only given up 205 in the air, ninth best in the NFL, but they gave up 135 on the ground. Mm. Is this finally that game where it's just feed 10 until it's you know until trying they believe some, it? Because do to... you believe defenses believe that the Chiefs are gonna use Pacheco or are they still just you can run him. We'll give up the four and five on first down, but we know you're throwing it. We're going to always, you well, know, have our I mean. back.
3: It's a little bit of a prove it. Um, and I, I, you know, I think the Chiefs realized last week what they what they have to do as far as the offense goes. It's, it's, you got to run it through three players, and man, it it ticks really well, and everyone gets theirs, and you go yeah. home happy with the win. And I just, I hope they continue to lean into Pacheco. I, I've said it thousands of times, but I'll say it one more like when you're watching the chiefs offense and they're playing a, a good game and you feel like they're in rhythm and you feel like they can do things. And Patrick Mahomes is moving the ball even through the air. Mm-hmm. You look down in the middle of the game and Isaiah Pacheco has somewhere between 10 to 15 carries, you know, it's somewhere in that realm of 12 to 20 touches Yeah, when they're having what would be considered a not so great game. You usually look down and he's somewhere between two and six or, you know, eight in the third quarter run the ball and they have a running back to do so. Great find by Brett Beach late in the draft, but uh don't you know don't forget about him. Get him involved early and I you you just see how it opens things up for the entire game. He runs like
2: he's not going to get a second contract.
3: He runs like his butt's <laughs> on fire. Like yeah. it, it's it it's Like he knows running backs don't get paid, so he's just trying to get his. It's crazy.
2: Uh, Cuz he's I mean you got to think in 3 years when his contract is at that point, you know the Chiefs will be like We'll find another one in the draft, and Isaiah Pacheco will be. I mean, maybe that's a negative, Nancy. I don't want to be that way, but that's just how he runs to me. He's like, I got four years of this man, and then it's just you know, it's a business deal.
3: Yeah, i I hope he gets a second contract. Um, well, he will. I just don't know if it's here, right? I but. That's one of the caveats of running as crazy yeah. and violent as he does. It's like, what kind of shape is he gonna be in? Yeah, it's crazy. He becomes when when he gets ready to be up for one. Like I I don't know it, and that's another like now you're getting into like deeper know, deeper football of I'm what sorry. do you do with the running back position? I I always with thought, two, one that's hurt and one that's not getting re-signed. I I mean I think. If you are running backs and you're talking with the NFLPA, I would say in the next CBA, the rules need to change on being able to sign with teams early on where your rookie contracts, if you're a running back at the running back position, mm-hmm. you have X amount of carries in college, yada, yada, somewhere it's like for that position, it's either a one or two year rookie deal. And then teams have to decide. Because unless you're forcing the hand, you're absolutely right. Like Isaiah Pacheco might be a gift from God for the next four years. Uh, but For what he might command on an open market, it's probably going to be smarter. And Brett Veach has to be shrewd about this when you're paying guys like Mahomes and Jones and Bolton and Snead and Cre. You got to be smart about that. You got to make tough decisions. And man, it's been proven now over the years that it's just a very replaceable position. So how do you repair that other than letting these guys have contracts earlier? Speaking of
2: a gift to God, Pete Sweeney's here tonight. Uh, he'll answer your questions. So if you have a question for one Pete Sweeney, the chief editor of Arrowhead Pride, 913-586-7610. We'll get to that on the other side as we dive into the AP mailbag here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead
1: Pride. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
2: Coming up here in about 30 seconds, we'll get into the AP Mailbag with yours truly, Pete Sweeney. What's uh, what's on the agenda tonight for a little post-game sh- uh, meal? You doing something special? You eating leftover yeah, ham,
3: turkey, prime rib? I think we're going out to eat.
1: It's
3: going to be fun. Nice. You don't want to cook. You get out at what, seven. 7 o'clock. You don't, you don't want to cook.
2: So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I thought maybe you'd want to go home and make, you know, like a homemade crunch wrap or something. Who knows?
1: Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail.
2: You want to ask questions, you ask questions right now. Arrowhead Pride Radio, AP Mailbag, Pete, Pete Plaid Yeti. Can we get a nickname for George Yairo Euro Karloftis going? But for real, this guy's legit talent. What do you see in him as of 2024 if he is the focus in a, hopefully not Chris jones list world from the 913?
3: Don't, don't they have Furious George out there and the Greek Freak and everything for George already, nickname-wise?
2: I, yeah, I thought it was uh, Furious George. I think Furious it was the one George. they were really trying to sell, and it hasn't. I don't think it's been sold yet.
3: It's tough to get a nickname, so I I like Karloftis. It's hard to gauge him right now. He leads the team in pressures. And sacks. I think by 10, uh, if you look at the, the deeper numbers. But, you know, you wonder when he's the only guy, and all of a sudden he's mm-hmm. getting the Jones attention, what do those numbers look like? Hard he's to keeping tell. up with the Joneses. Right. Uh, good point. I think that he has shown signs that he's going to be a, a great player, regardless of who he's lined up next with, but it, it's one thing to have the numbers next to Chris Jones. It's just hard to gauge uh, until we see that. Uh, it'd be very interesting because I, I think if I'm betting, I would say this is Chris Jones' last year with the club. And mm-hmm. so I think, unfortunately, you'll find out that answer sooner rather than later. That's unfortunate.
2: Um, hey, Pete. I've been asking everyone I can, where do you guys think McDuffie ranks amongst all NFL cornerbacks and all defensive players? I think he's a top five corner and top 10 defensive player, but I'm biased. I know from the 913.
3: Yeah, I think he's getting that all pro buzz, which would put him, what, in, like, the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, top four top eight whatever you want to say yeah i i think he'll be up for an all pro and you know you've seen the forced fumbles and everything that he's been able to do in that fashion and Mm -hmm. just the deeper numbers of being able to lock down guys not throwing his way all that uh what a slam dunk pick and you talk to these guys uh, in the personnel department about trent mcduffie or the coaches or anybody you know anytime we we get into a conversation about mcduffie it's we cannot believe that he was there uh, at 20 in a position for us to trade up like that that was an amazing break in their their eyes cuz they they you know they thought he should have you know went top 15 easily and so uh, to have been able to trade up and get him and it seemed like buffalo wanted him to trade ahead of you know one of your afc rivals what a get for them and continues to get better and better and Kudos to the personnel staff for continuing to draft these studs, uh, these blue chip type of players. It gets a lot more complicated as they have their their years toll, though, because you have to pay all these guys.
2: Hey, Pete, looking ahead, how do you predict the wide receiver room will look next season? Who will stay? Who will go? Will they sign, slash trade, slash draft new players? Pete Sweeney from the nine one three.
3: Yeah, projecting to next year, I don't see why Justin Watson. Wouldn't stick around. Uh, I think he'll be cheap. I don't think he's going to be an expensive player. I think they get rid of Marquez valdez Scaling. I think he's one of these guys they cut to save <sighs> the amount of money. Thank goodness. Richie James seems like they look at it as a specialist. So Rasheed Rice is in there. I could see Watson coming back. Um, Tony uh, – or I'm sorry, Sky Moore will be Your in boy. the mix. Uh, Kadarius Tony was, I believe, still under contract, so he'll um, be around. I, and I think you see them go get a receiver in free agency. Uh, I've said it before, uh, and and I'll repeat it here again. I watched Brett Veach repair the defense from uh, 18 to 19. We watched him completely overhaul and fix the offensive line from 20 to 21. Uh, Despite uh, all the problems with the wide receiver room and some of the the weapons for Mahomes, they've managed an 8-3 record, so they've won in the process. But I I anticipate them probably signing a receiver and drafting one. So put that next to Rasheed Rice. Travis Kelsey decides to continue playing, which is now you know, a little bit of a question. I, I think you have a pretty good offense uh, coming up for 2024. Hey Pete, can the
2: Chiefs sign
3: Marcus Peters?
2: And more importantly, Big Pete, are you going to braid the down? Are you going to braid the hair down at any point? The braided hippie look would be too sweet from the eight one six.
3: If I go braided hippie, it'll mm. be on vacation after the season, so I'm not going to rule that out. As for the Marcus Peters thing. Marcus Peters became available shortly after the Chiefs game, and Kansas City decided to promote Echo Boy Doe from the practice squad. Mm. So that should uh, tell you the interest that they currently have yeah, in the former Chief. Gonna, he's not coming back.
2: Uh, this is from the 913. I don't know if it's a question. I guess it kind of is. What stadiums is Patrick Mahomes not one in right now? I can only think of Seattle, Atlanta, Carolina, and Dallas.
3: Well, he's beaten 31 teams. I don't know about on the road where. I mean, you, yeah. you don't travel everywhere. That so. takes some research. I don't have that off the top of my head, okay. but but he's beaten 31 teams, Dusty, and I think I speak for Kansas City when you hope that number is never 32, like it was for Tom Brady at the end mm. of his, his career. Might be. Um, you think it might be? I mean,
2: I don't know. I mean, where's the he going? Way, in Dallas. I mean, didn't Peyton go beat Indianapolis when he was with the
3: Broncos? Come on, man. What, what, on. what are we talking about here? It's it's. Next Wednesday year, night. Next year, Rogers goes to Lambo. We're not trying to freak people out on the show. Nah, man, getting geared up for the holiday season. What are we doing? I don't know. Two you, guys in a show. That just put you on the on the naughty list. You're not. You're getting cold. You think I was on the nice list? Well, if you've you, ever seen a nice if list, were, if you had a foot on it, it's it's on the other side now.
2: I'm not a good man.
3: You're not? <laughs> <laughs> I right. all right. All right. Um, <laughs> you're, you're a bad man. Yeah. All right.
2: Sometimes. I've had like eighteen. Candy canes the last two days. Um,
3: I do have a quick question, I, I've though. I've watched you eat four That's while right. doing radio. Dude, I can't
2: stop. I love peppermint.
3: Mm. You it's, like junior mints? Yes. Okay.
2: I'll eat them while watching a surgery. I just won't drop it into a body. Okay. That's a Kramer
3: thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't do that.
2: No, I really do. I uh, you and love I, mint. I, will, I will never pass up a candy cane as long as it's peppermint.
3: Okay. Good I'm to know. I've, I, I, when I say he ate four, he ate... Four candy canes. Know, <laughs> that's dude, legitimate. Really During the last hour, I'm not. I really did. That's not an exaggeration.
2: <laughs> dude, I crushed. This is your season. Yeah, dude, I love
3: You're it. You're like Olaf.
2: Is that the snowman from Frozen? Yeah. Look at you. You're all up. I thought it was Olaf. You're a, what, what are you
3: talking about? You're a bad man. If you know who Olaf is, you can't be that bad. Just looking for the right woman.
2: You know. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I do have a quick question though. Dating before show. we get out of no, before we get out of here, um, do you really? So if the Chiefs won Super Bowl, does Travis Kelsey hang it up? I don't know. A lot of pe- I brought that up, and like a lot of people, are like, oh, if he wins, he's gonna try to go win another one. No, 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 that'd be three. You'd retire with your brother. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'll leave that sentimental bull crap at home. Would you think like that?
3: I used to think he wouldn't. He's always told you till the wheels fall off. I've <laughs> asked him a number of times in his, his career, and he's always been like, till the wheels fall off, uh, till my body gives out, I'm playing until I can anymore. This first um, indication from Wall Street Journal of him considering it he operates in a way right now in his life in his career that it's just very methodical and I think that regardless of how many times he's been able to do with Kansas City this would be his third he realizes that it's not a given that you're going to win the championship every year and so I just I tend to think that there's a chance if they were to win it that he would maybe be smart about it and go out on top it's really hard to go out on top it is. We just were talking about Brady. Brady could have done it twice. Brady could have went out on top.
2: Eh, and came
3: back, and and he probably regrets that. I would guess. There you so. go.
2: Uh, what's wrestling week? Real quick. Ten seconds.
3: Preparing for Sunday night.
2: All Stick right.
1: with us.
3: All
2: right.